0: Be able to plug in, turn on, and cop out. You will not be able to lose yourself on tag and skip out for beer during commercials because the revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by Xerox and Four parts without commercial interruption. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading the charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog bars confiscated from the Harlem Sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised. The revolution will not be brought to you by the shape of war theater and will not star Natalie Woods and Steve McQueen or Bullwinkle and Julia. The revolution will not give your mouth sex appeal. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of pigs shooting down brothers on the instant replay. There will be no pictures of Whitney Young being run out of Harlem on the rail with a brand new process. There will be no slow motion or still life of Roy Wilkins strolling through Watts in a red, black, and green liberation jumpsuit that he has been saving for just the proper occasion. Green Acres, Beverly Hills, and Hooterville Junction will no longer be so damn relevant. I care if Dick finally got down with Jane on Search for Tomorrow because black people will be in the street looking for a brighter day. The revolution will not be televised. There will be no highlights on the eleven o'clock news and no pictures of Harry R women liberationists and Jackie Onassis blowing her nose. The theme song will not be written by Jim Webb or Francis Scott Key, nor sung by Glen Campbell, Tom Jones, Johnny Cash, Engelbert Humperdinck, on the rare earth. The revolution will not be televised.
1: Hello and welcome to Provocative Thoughts, intimately known as BT, striving to awaken those who are asleep, stimulate those who are awakened, feed those who are starving, and nurture those who seek to know. I am your host, Carlton Steed, a self-proclaimed student of life in the search, discovery, and revelation of life on life's terms. First, I'd like to thank Queen Mother for Real Media for allowing me to host this show. I'd also like to thank the creator for allowing me to be. You can contact the show by dialing 347-0180. Please press the number one to speak. Again, you can contact, you can contact the show by dialing 347-989-0180. Please, press the number one to speak. You can reach us on the internet at www.blogtalkradio.com backslash Queen Mother, the number for real, number four and real. And listen to the show live. You can also contact us on Facebook at Box and Soar PT Community Organization. Tonight's topic, Buck breaking. Buck breaking was a method a method of debasing, aseminizing, dehumanizing, controlling the strong black slave by raping and beating him or them during a public event. It's designed to force submission, fear, obedience from those who are subjugated to the rape and torture as well as those who watch in utter fear, pain, and hopelessness. Is there a relationship between buck breaking and homosexual, rape, in prison, have the victims or the descendants of the victims become the perpetrators of these atrocities? During slavery, white people had something that's very rarely talked about called breaking." B-U-C-K-B-R-E-A-K-I-N-G. This is where they would look out on their plantation and take the biggest, the baddest, and the strongest brother that there was. And tie him down, spread eagle naked. And then, in front of all the women and children and all the other brothers, it was repeatedly run up in his anus as a means of not only effeminizing him, but to let all around know that they had no protection. Everybody talks about how the black woman was raped at will, but nobody talks about what was happening to the boys and the men, especially when. We all know that white men are basically, says the author, homosexual in nature. Maybe the pain is too great to address this issue, but it happens more than we may think. That's from Caida Kenyatta. This trapped Negro slave who was defined surely and may stir up trouble, was beaten with a whip, till bloody in front of his entire slave congregation. So he was subdued with violence, uh, heinous violence, as a matter of fact. The slave owner, deathly afraid of an uprising, would cut down a tree with the help of the overseer. Fine black buck, they called him, you know, you know slaves of buck to submission. Once the slave was worn down, the white master had the other Negro slaves force him over the tree trunk where his bridges would be removed and he laid fully exposed and right for the taking. What came next called fear and terror to ripple through every slave plantation across the south. So news travels far when this event takes place. The master drunk on blood lust, but explained to all strong young black men that if they do not follow strict orders and comply with the whims of the overseer and the master, this too would be their fate. He removed his own clothing and proceeded to savagely sodomize the buck in front of his wife, family, friends, and children. He then invited his associates from other plantations to join in the nigger festival. Sorry about that, Kenny. I'm just reading this right here, right now. So, in order for his plan to take effect, he would require the Buck, that's the black male, Buck's male child to watch front row center, so he, too, can witness his father's sexual demise and humiliation. Buck breaking was the slave master's very all young black slaves from ever being defiant and taking revenge. It also frightened the mothers and the wives from ever giving consent to an uprising. So here we have will of the so-called masters being credited into the slaves to the point that even though they were being abused physically, sexually, commonly you can think about, they would teach their children not to be defiant because they didn't want this to happen to their children. That's how strong the slaves felt about that. Fort Reagan was so successful that it was made into a sex farm where white men could travel from plantation to plantation feeding their statistic homosexual needs. If there was ever any doubt that the white race was, uh, he says. author said the white race is our mortal enemy of black. He says, this is Mister Tanya Moore. if there's any doubt that the white white race is our mortal enemy, uh, you can, you know, this is evidence of that. Okay. Buck. Back in slavery times, the slave masters used buck breaking the buck to control the black man and keep him and the rest of the slaves submissive, uh listen uh lessening the chances of them rising up. Buff involved perhaps the most heinous and horrifying wicked act known to man. Unruly Negro slave was beaten whipped until the until he was bloody while the entire assembly watched. Negro slaves, for uh, I just said that. Okay. So sure that this message will be seen loud and clear the master required, you know, the buck child to watch. That's, inhumane this author said. they would like for us to forget about all the wrongs that have been done to our ancestors and black people for centuries they think we should just sweep it under the rug pound it up and move on and act like these heinous things never happened. that is not going to happen our black men are still being treated as less than human to this very day the police shoot unarmed black men down in the street daily, like animals, with no repercussions. Pay attention, families. Don't get white supremacist Police are the new slave masters. Well, not only uh, do, are, as we know, black people being mistreated by the, by uh, systemically by our police officers and other um, agents of the system but it appears to be some behaviors that are similar to the slave masters that exist in prison. We haven't gotten that far yet, but so I'm going to go a little farther down and read a little bit about it. You know that during slavery, the slaveholders would buy male slaves to engage in forced homosexual acts. Male slaves were purchased based entirely on their prerequisites, one of the prerequisites of them Posing a large penis, black men were routinely raped by their gay slave owners. The process was known as breaking the buck. What happened after that? they developed these sex farms. So, sex farms were places. I guess that's like um, a sex farm is like a, a prostitution, a house of prostitution. It's, farms back then. I guess farmers, you know, a big thing back in those days. They didn't have all these you know, luxuries. So they had a sex on Farm when you come and you basically have sex with a young male or older male slave if you wanted to. It was common class practice for slaves to be sexually supported by their masters and sometimes with other enslaved males. One of the functions of the slave was to give pleasure to the master, according to a recent article in the, in the Atlantic Black Star. The slave was an animated sexual pleasure tool for the master. In an ideal slavery sex farm, an enslaved male was expected to get at least 12 females pregnant each year. Go on for at least five consecutive years. As a result of this, there was a man named Burke who had more than 200 children. Did that sound familiar to you uh players with all you know all the women and all the kids everywhere? So similarity. Prison. Male rape in prison. Once subjected to sexual abuse, whether violently or through coercion, a prisoner may easily become trapped into a sexually subordinate role. Prisoners refer to the initial rate as turning out the victim, and the uh, transforming is telling. Through the act of rape, the victim is redefined as an object of sexual abuse. Does that sound anything like I've just read about on um, breaking anybody else? He has been proven to be weak, vulnerable, female, seminary, right? in the eyes of other inmates, regaining his manhood and the respect of other prisoners can be extremely difficult. So basically, he's debased in the prison population. This is the male fuck is being debased by the so-called slave master or master, depending on how that thing occurred. You know, as if being a slave alone is not a debasing of enough experience. So, Anyway, stigmatized as a punk or turned out, the victim of rape will almost inevitably, 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 be the target of continuous sexual exploitation, both from the initial perpetrator and, unless the perpetrator protects them from other inmates as well, once someone is violated sexually, there is no consequence or there is no consequence on the perpetrator. That person who was violated then becomes a, a mark or mark. An Indian, an Indiana prisoner told human rights Watch. A prisoner said that to a human, why, human rights Watch. That means he is fair game. If you rape prison, nothing happens, you're vulnerable. Same thing like the, the male slave. So you're fair game to the master's will. Here you fair game to the other uh, inmates who prey on men for uh, sex or control through sex. This means he's fair game. His victimization is likely to be public knowledge. That thing's going to spread. And his reputation will follow him to other housing areas if he's moved and even to other prisons, just like whatever that master so-called slave master did to that slave that spread through all the other plantations about what happened to that strong black male. So we got the same kind of uh, scenario happening here. Very similar. Word travels fast in prison. The convict great bond is large. You can't run or hide. seems like the uh, plantation great bond was pretty... Uh, large, and word travel fast there also. That's what would be the purpose of them doing committing such an act against a man. Uh, prisoners unable to escape a situation of sexual abuse may find themselves becoming another man's property. That's definitely right there with being uh, a slave in, uh, anywhere. It's the property of someone. The word is commonly used in a prison to refer to Sexually subordinate inmates, no exaggeration. Victims of prison rape in the most extreme cases are literally, literally the slaves of the perpetrators. Forced to satisfy another man's sexual appetites whenever he demands, that may also be responsible for washing his clothes, the size of his fat, cooking his food, cleaning his cells, and a whole bunch of stuff. So that don't sound like a slave to nobody. I don't know what sounds like a slave. Not to mention that Thirteenth Amendment says that if slavery is permitted if you are incarcerated. So we got guys that are incarcerated who are enslaving people who are incarcerated. And using the same mannerisms, the same techniques that the uh, so-called slave masters uh, use on the Africans who they enslave,
0: huh.
1: they are frequently rented out for sex Sold or even auctioned off to other inmates, replicating the financial aspect of a traditional slavery. The most basic choices, like how to dress and whom to talk to, may be controlled by the person who owns them. Does that sound anything like shadow slavery to anybody? I hope, um, listeners, you know, you hope you guys are listening, to this. and uh, because this is a uh, very important because a lot of uh, brothers are incarcerated. A lot of people are incarcerated. We have a lot of brothers incarcerated. We have to make up a large percent of the prison population, a disproportionate percent of the prison population. Their name may be replaced by a female one. Like all forms of slavery, these situations are amongst the most degrading and dehumanizing experiences a person can go through. Sexual assault is one of the most underreported crimes in the United States. That's hetero, homosexual, whatever. It's estimated 65% unreported that the uh, U.S. Department of Justice sexual rape, hetero, and homosexual of the state is underreported and underdocumented. Sex was used as a weapon to control break the spirit of the slave as well as the method of fulfilling the perpetrator's sexual desire. Slaves were considered the property of the slave owner to do whatever he or she desired to do with. Some slaves considered the sexual act to avoid being assaulted and gain favor from the perpetrator, if not only for fear for their life. Same thing happened in prison. Some guys submit to that or um, may submit to sexual uh, behavior with one person and uh, with the idea that that one person would prevent him from being uh, gang raped or raped by multiple uh, persons, which is the same thing as gang rape. Okay, I mean, somewhere in his head, he might rationalize, if it's going to happen to him, it's going to happen to one person than two, three, four, five, six, or the whole block, half the block. So maybe that's the rationalization there. He's alive. He may be raped. He may have sex with a a, a a man, but he's still alive. He may have sex with a man he doesn't want to have sex with, but he's still alive. He is a, a, a homosexual. He's still being raped if he doesn't consent to it. The reality is that sexual abuse and detention is a widespread systemic problem with more than 7 million Americans who find in U.S. correctional facilities or supervised communities. Because you got to understand that these brothers that are being incarcerated, everybody don't stay in prison for the rest of their life. They're coming back in the community. Sexual assault makes correctional environments more dangerous to staff as well as prisoners. In May 2012, the Bureau of Justice Statistics released findings of a survey from former state prisoners. 10% reported one or more incidents of sexual victimization while incarcerated. Of the inmates reported sexual abuse, 31% were victimized three or more times. The Bureau of Justice Statistics found that 4% of federal and state prison inmates and 3% of county jail inmates reported experiencing one or more incidents of sexual victimization by another inmate or facility or for facility staff in the past twelve months or since incarcerated. Other independent research indicates that one in five male inmates faces sexual assault behind bars. While an estimate rates of sexual abuse at women's prison may vary widely At the worst facilities, as many as one in four prisoners are victimized. Regardless of the accuracy or lack of accuracy of the statistics, studies have concluded even in the incidence of sexual victimization in prisoners is relatively low. The pervasive fear of such victimization dictated inmate behavior and dominated a majority of inmate interactions. The prison culture is based on assumptions about a person's physical and mental weakness. Victims are weak. A victim blaming philosophy exists along with a lack of sympathy for the victim's pain and suffering. They're saying if, if that happens to you in prison, you're weak. You know, I remember it was saying that uh, if you got any bitch in you, prison will bring it out. So that type of weakness uh, draws the attention of a predator to you if you have any any kind of uh, weakness. If you're not willing to be aggressive, if you uh, let people walk over you or anything like that, you're in trouble if you're in prison because that's a sign of a weakness. Weakness is looked at as uh, weak like a woman apparently, or a weak man. It doesn't matter if you're a man or a woman, I guess. So you're weak, so I can take advantage of you because you are weak. And I guess uh, that has happened and been played out many times. Several studies have suggested that the fear of sexual assault shapes prison culture as much as actual incidents. Sound familiar? Fear of being sodomized, right, of the slave, right, shapes the uh, slave culture. In terms of because what happens culturally, the women rear the children not to revolt, do the math say, don't please, don't do nothing, don't just listen to that man, right? So, you don't that don't happen again, right? So, anyway, interviews of inmates from the Midwest and maximum security facility revealed the fear of sexual assault, inmate fear, fear, researchers concluded. Dominated new inmates' concept of prison life, fear leads to isolation. Within the prisons, we find both consensual and non consensual and coerced sexual activity. Most evidence regarding sexual experience of men in prisons is anecdotal or drawn from the first prison account. The account suggests that many racist attempts are perpetrated against young newly incarcerated individuals who lack experience with violence or prison culture and have few allies in prison, in the prison environment, such as gang or race-related affiliates. I mean, you going in there, you young, pretty boy, going in there, you don't know nobody, nobody knows how many people you hurt, try to hurt, or nothing like that. You don't have nobody to back you up. You, As they say sometimes, you new fish, fresh fish. Meat for the grinder. So, typically, perpetrators use some combination of deception, intimidation, implicit, and explicit threats. In some cases, violence to force the target into into a sexually submissive role. Of course, the slave master, he used the most violent and uh, most tenuous sexual act he could uh, use against uh, the strongest male. To get his point across, so that there's no great areas about what he's going to do, what's going to happen. So, if the individual is able to resist or repel the attack, well, for the buck, strong buck he is unable to repel the attack because death is uh, the uh the a solution to um a buck. You know, resisting his master, so-called master. So, death is either death or be whipped and sodomized. And I'm, I'm sure some people chose death. So, if the target cannot repel the assault and his assailant succeed in raping him, assailant or assailant, the victim is said to have been turned out he has become a punk and is likely to be targeted for repeated assault both by the initial perpetrators and others. In some instances, the victim will be forced to serve as a sex slave to men throughout the prison. Sounds familiar? Once a prisoner has been turned out, it is difficult for him to regain his status. <clears throat> An analyst of the relationship between victims and perpetrators showed that male inmates were most likely to be assaulted by other inmates who were nearly always male. One-fifth of the men were victimized by prison staff Again, and that, that's getting close to the so-called mastermind-like of status. So you already, and now you have the so-called uh, masters of the prison, uh, sexually assaulting inmates, which sometimes include female employees. Okay? So it's, it's not gender-specific. It's um, whoever you are and what you want to do, because on what kind of person you are, uh, what you do to an uh, inmate. So female inmates were as likely to be assaulted by other inmates who were nearly always women, Women, also by staff who could be male or female. Okay? So it's not gender specific, but I'm specifically speaking about uh, book breaking and all uh, the black male and how that relates to uh, the prison, this part of, Prison culture, or prison behavior that occurs in prison. Countless other of, um, of the men and women were similarly in the most. Men and women were similar in that most had been victimized more than once. Men said they had been victimized an average of nine times in their present facility, while women reported an average of four incidents. Compared to women. Men are more likely to be treated, threatened with harm, to be physically harmed, and to, be, and to have a weapon used against them. More men than women reported that they suffered physical injury as a consequence of sexual assault. I can kind of understand that. Men experienced more uh, serious sexual outcomes in their worst case incidents. A majority of women reported that the outcome involved nothing more than an attempt at sexual touching or an actual touch. The majority of men reported oral vaginal note that some men reported being assaulted by female staff. So some guys, some guys are actually raped by female staff in prison. That's deep. Or anal hey, no intercourse. So, they experience those. I guess that's the whole gambit. I mean, you only got so many faces on you. So, the experience of men and women are very different. Sexual assault in prison is a more violent event for men than women. Men are more likely to have greater levels of force used against them. So, a rape victim will often describe the assault as a loss of their soul, whether it is conducted by a friend, acquaintance, or stranger. Many factors can influence an individual's response to and recovery from sexual assault. There may, these may include the age and development, developmental maturity of the victim, the social support network available to the victim, the victim's relationship to the offender, the response to the attack by law enforcement, or in this case, prison staff, medical personnel. The victim's advocates, the response to the attack by the victim's loved ones, the frequency, severely, duration of the assault, the setting of the attack, the level of violence and injury inflicted, the response by the criminal justice system. Some victims of sexual assault find they can recover relatively quickly, while others will feel the lasting effects of victimization throughout their lifetime. So, that's somebody's mental and maybe in some cases physical health down the drain because someone victimized them sexually. In the aftermath of a sexual assault while incarcerated, victims not only face the above reaction very but the very real threat of further violence and so they have that like PTSD. They, they feel that may happen to them again. Some possible physical effects of sexual assault may include physical shock, disorientation, and numbness, fight or flight that's fight or flight syndrome, uh, the body producing an overabundance of adrenaline and response to feelings of danger that are acknowledged, vomiting, defecation, urination, heart rate increases, hypertension, um, perspiration, et cetera. Heightened sensory perception. So, you know, and, and that's to be expected. I'm surprised that not that list is even longer. Mm-hmm. Emotional reactions, hopelessness, rage, fear, loss, shame, guilt, possible um, re, um, reactions of potential inmate victims when there is a change from previous behaviors including but not limited to the following, withdrawing or isolation, him or herself, depression or hopelessness, Lashing out in anger or frustration, anxiety, fear, paranoia, nightmares, suicidal thoughts, of feelings, self abuse, uncharacteristic acting out, in an effort to stay in segregation or to facilitate a transfer. So I'm I'm gonna stay in uh you know in lockup right because I can't go I can't function out there because these guys they think I'm a girl you know what I'm saying so that's crazy. Refuse the shower, eat, or be, in certain, uh, be in certain, or be in certain less supervised areas of prison. So that's not even being all uh, paranoid. That's real because the more seclusion uh, you have, the greater opportunity someone has to take advantage of you uh, physically or sexually, which is physically also. But, I mean, if somebody wants to thank you, seclusion helps that, and if somebody wants to have a, a sex with you, inclusion would help that. So that makes sense. Increased medical complaints and attention, particularly increased concerns regarding sexually transmitted diseases. Asking to be checked for sexually transmitted diseases. If you if somebody raped you in prison, you would you might you might be afraid that you might have contracted a, a disease, just like somebody raped you outside of prison. You know, or asking to be checked for sexually transmitted diseases. Behavior that changes both social and Psychological could be signs of sexual violence. So, you see behavioral changes, or social and psychological changes could be a sign that this person has uh, been sexually uh, violated. Staying in a location where staff can each observe the inmate is one typical indicator. You are scared to be somewhere where you don't have protection because, as we said, the masters, right, show the slaves that. You are, you have no protection from me, because I took the biggest and the baddest of you. I beat him, I beat him to near death, and I, I feminized them. I raped them in front of you, all of you, and nothing happened. Nobody raised up, nobody did nothing. So, a person's been raped in prison, feel the same way. Saying, uh, uh, let me see, what else? Uh, survivors of sexual violence and detention are also faced with the often unavoidable proximity of the offender. So this this guy is right near him. Of course, on a plantation. Your offender, your perpetrator, right, is there. He's in charge of you. He owns you. Most accounts from prison insiders, both employees and inmates, reveal that underreporting is in part because complaints are either ignored or handled improperly, and perpetrators almost never face criminal charges. Well, what do you think happened to the masses that took advantage of uh you know, that raped these strong black men in front of their families and their children, their sons, things like that. So Psychological more psychological type of male race. Questionnaire with uh let me see they had like over oh, 40 forty forty guys returned to form of respondents had first reported the incident to someone that they knew. 27.5% first revealed their ordeal to a professional. Of those, only 12.5% informed the police, and the remaining 12.5% had not told anyone before completing the questionnaire. For those who informed the police, only one person reported a positive reaction. The remaining four regretted their decision to tell the police. Only one perpetrator was convicted and sentenced to 10 years' imprisonment. All the victims experienced long-term negative psychological and behavioral effects after the assault. In almost all cases, these included depression, flashbacks, fantasies about revenge, anxiety, loss of self-respect, and an increased sense of vulnerability. These symptoms persist in many cases for several years after the rape, associated with fantasies about revenge against the assailant were feelings of anger and difficulty on controlling emotions. The loss of self-respect made several victims feel uneasy in the company of males and in some cases led to self-destructive behavior, including self-harm, alcohol, and drug abuse and suicidal ideation or attempts. Around 70% of the victims experienced crisis related to their sexuality and masculinity after the rape. Some became sexually promiscuous, but others found it difficult or impossible to resume sexual relations either because of reduced libido, impotence, or because the whole idea of having sexual intercourse had become repulsive. One heterosexual sexual man. had experienced an erection and ejaculation during the ordeal found it very difficult to equate his body's physical responses with his own emotions at the time of the race. I don't even know what to say about that. That's a hell of an experience for a, a man to go through. Not only does he not want this to happen, but his body is responding in a way that you would expect a person that did want it to happen just the way it's responded. So that's got to be terrible. Over 80% of the men experienced profound feelings of guilt and self-blame for either putting themselves at risk in some way or failing to prevent or fight back during the attack. This resulted in the men feeling a loss of self-respect and self-worth. At the time of the survey, only one man felt he had recovered from the ordeal. Thirty-one had made some steps toward recovery, but eight felt that they were they had that they had not recovered at all. So this is, these are guys that this is what's happening to inmates, you know, and they're not they're not exactly uh um, in the position of being the the uh, property of the uh state, even though that's a term that um uh, the state property, you know. But imagine how a person in shadow in shadow slavery felt. Survivors displayed levels of anxiety and depression, and approximately one third of survivors reported somatic symptoms and social dysfunction. Are we talking about people incarcerated coming back on the street? Interacting with everybody else, and not that this doesn't even happen, not that it doesn't happen outside of prison. Either. I'm not even suggesting that prison is the only place that this happens at. So, surprisingly, only one significant, on oh, let me that. So, we have a, what looks like a culture of being, uh, Predators, sexual predators in prisons, in order to uh, gain control and gain uh, the sexual uh, favors of men and women, and vice versa, men gain sexual favors with the inmates, women, even women, getting sexual uh, uh, favor. It's not that favor, I'm not using the word favor in a, in a, in a uh, good way. I'm saying that they did favor as an advantage. So so the National Center for PTSD as post traumatic stress syndrome says men in sexual trauma. At least one out of every ten or ten percent of men in our country have suffered from trauma as a result of sexual assault. So you have it. And I'm going to say it. These guys are saying it. What are some symptoms related to sexual traumas in boys and men? There we have emotional we have emotional disorder men and boys who have been sexually assaulted are more likely to suffer from PTSD, anxiety disorder depression. those who have never been than those who have never been abused or sexually abused uh, sexually substance abuse Many who have been sexually assaulted have a high incidence of alcohol. A drug use, for example, that's interesting because we have a because we have a lot of alcohol and drug use anyway, so if they have a higher uh, incidence of that what does that mean? The probability of alcohol problems adulthood is about eighty out of every one hundred or eighty percent for men who have experienced sexual abuse as compared to eleven out of every one hundred or eleven percent or men who have never been sexually abused. Well, I guess that's kind of just what I just did, A that question. That's interesting because there's a lot of uh, alcohol abuse we had that show. Substance abuse. Men who have been sexually assaulted have a high incidence of, no, I said that already. Uh, risk-taking behavior. Exposure to sexual trauma can lead to risk-taking behavior during adolescence such as running away and other delinquent behaviors. Having been sexually assaulted also makes boys more likely to engage in behavior that puts them at risk for contracting HIV. Because it's having sex without condoms. That might be just uh, whether he's been sexually abused or not, like right dido. Anyway, maybe that's another show. Help for men who have been sexually assaulted. Men who have been sexually assaulted or often feel stigmatized. Stigmatized which can be the most damaging aspect of the assault. I don't know about the most damaging, but it's a damaging aspect of the assault. It is important for men to discuss this assault with a caring and unbiased support person, whether that person is a friend, clergyman, clinician. However, it is vital that this person be knowledgeable about sexual assault and men. If you are a man who has been assaulted and you suffer from any of these difficulties, please speak help from a mental health professional who has the expertise of working with men who have been sexually assaulted. Many people who go through traumatic events find that, that it can take some time to readjust and cope for the period after the event. Now, one, some people never adjust to that. They may make some adjustments, but there's no adjustment. It's a, the, rest, the residue Mental, physical, and spiritual effects of sexual assault and rape can permeate the daily lives of of survivors, which makes it difficult to heal. For some, there are severe effects in the immediate aftermath of an assault that may or may not last. For others, the effects of sexual assault and rape come in waves and are not felt until the shock of the event wears off. With time spent healing, developing strong positive coping mechanisms and taking care of oneself, such reactions tend to become less severe. There are many short and long-term effects of sexual assault and rape that affect the mind, body, and spirit. As, you know, one um, victim reported that he felt that he, he, you know, he lost his spirit or something. Um, many survivors experience one or more of these effects, and they are not mutually exclusive. For example, a physical reactions to trauma, such as self-injury, can be the result of depression. The physical, mental, and spiritual effects following a sexual assault or rape are difficult to cope with. If you are someone who knows you, if you or someone you know are experienced any of the following effects listed above. Now that you are not alone, and there are know that you are not alone, and there are many resources that can help. So you want to seek out the, the help of a professional, like at said. So you know you have to, you know, you want to seek someone who's experienced with uh, specifically with uh, sexual uh, issues, other uh, symptoms, other diseases, or uh, reactions to. Uh, sexual assault, we have depression. I think I mentioned that so, uh temporary sadness those can include prolonged sadness, so those are hopelessness, unexplained crying changes, and appetite with significant weight loss. So imagine that <clears throat> you have a man who's been broken right. Whether he's a slave, whether he's an inmate, whether he's a a a a, a, a child in a group home, whether he's a child in a, somebody's home. You know, maybe he's a he's a on a baseball team, coach or you know, somebody. Imagine how that person feels if he's depressed. Now, how many people have been addicted to this in How many people are depressive disorder? How many people experience uh, dissociation? Dissociation usually refers to feeling like one has checked out or is not present. some instances of dissociation, people may find themselves daydreaming, but in situations where dissociation is chronic and more complex, it may impair an individual's ability to function in the real world, such as not being able to focus on work Related duties or being able to concentrate on schoolwork. Imagine that that happens to a slave, you know. And what about the people who witnessed that? I can imagine that even that they still they are still a part of that experience. So I can imagine that they could actually experience some of the same things, just watching it. Women and children, not just the um. Uh, the actual uh, victim being sodomized and bullied, coping affects the uh, coping with the effects of the sexual assault and rape can be overwhelming because the survivor's control and sense of security have been taken away by the perpetrator. So you don't even feel safe. It is common for a survivor of sexual violence to experience an array of feelings that. May be confusing and can create more anxiety, such as anger, distrust, and feeling unsafe. It is also common to experience these feelings if you know someone who has experienced an assault or rape. So, imagine what the slave community felt like. It's Not good for the for the slave community, and it, it, I guess it worked for the masses because it subdued some slaves. I could imagine that maybe it could have been more uprisings if uh, slaves weren't being, young slaves weren't being taught at an early age to uh, subdue themselves in terms of interacting with the master and their state of shadow of uh, chattel slavery. So as we know, many slaves revolted, many slaves ran away. Uh, many slaves, uh, you know, some slaves didn't stand for that. And they were hung and killed, burnt, whatever they did with slaves uh, back in those times. Beaten and, you know, sodomized. So, spiritual and emotional effects of trauma include changes in the, how we trust, that yeah, trust issues, though, if our community is being brutally, violently, sexually assaulted, how can we touch this? How can we build relationships if we're angry uh, and blaming? How can we form healthy relationships if we have if this is a, uh, uh, if we have a lot of this in our community? How can inmates form healthy relationships? Shock, numbness. How can you build relationships? How can you communicate? How can you reach people who are shock, so that they have no control, have, have no control, feel helpless, and vulnerable, who are fearful? How can we build relationships? How can we build families? How can we build healthy communities, strong communities that help each other? How can we do that? when we have been traumatized to this extent. And that's for anybody, any of uh, nationality. How does that help build the country if you want to look at it like that? As for uh breaking the buck and uh blacks in prison? How do blacks move to the next level, right? Because prison don't have to be it doesn't have to be a place where you debase, where you are debased, and where you debase other people. It doesn't have to be that. So, race is a method of debasing an individual. It allows the perpetrators to control the individual and those who witness or know about the sexual assault. Imagine being raped in front of your wife, children, parents, friends, community, etc., Imagine the strongest amongst you being raped repeatedly in such a manner. What a method of invasing and instilling fear, awe, and confusion in any group of people. Your protector is not protected, but is vulnerable and violated all to wit. Sexual assault, rape, sexual and homosexual. Of the slaves is underreported and underdocumented. Sex was used as a weapon to control, break the spirit of the slave, as well as a method of fulfilling the perpetrator's sexual desire. Slaves were considered the property of the slave owner to do whatever he or she desired to do with. Some slaves consented to sexual acts to avoid being assaulted and to gain favor from the perpetrator, if not only, for fear for their life. Heterosexual rape appears to be an underreported crime. Homosexual rape appears to be an even less reported crime. The most common response is non-reported, denial, anger, depression, no self esteem, sexual dysfunction and loss of sexual identity. How and why do we or some of us perpetuate sexual aggression on other men? On other people, but in this case on men, because I'm talking about prison and black males in prison and the relationship to the black up breaking in slavery. It seems that the same type the same method sexual aggression, you know, sexual exploitation is used in prison as used as was used on the slaves. Now I'm not sure but Malcolm X or someone said um, those who don't know their history are doomed to repeat it. And it seems like we are most definitely repeating history. Improve our quality of life. Build trust. Lead. Follow. Conquer what seeks to conquer us if we behave in a manner that violates, destroys, humiliates, devastates, traumatizes, paralyzes, effeminizes, debases, dehumanizes, destroys our brothers or fellow man. Change and growth comes from learning. From learning the past, not repeating it. Change and growth comes from learning. From learning the past. From learning from the past, not repeating it. If it was devastating, and traumatic for us then. It is devastating and traumatic for us now. What are we willing to do? What are we willing not to do to grow, to help somebody else? What are we willing to do? Are the strong willing to protect the weak, to uplift the weak, That's what I thought a strong man was supposed to do. And maybe I got it wrong. If I do, I got it wrong. I I always thought the strong was supposed to protect the weak, weak, lift the weak up. So, I hope that uh, you guys listen to what I'm saying. Roll it over in your mind, your head, think about it. Anybody who's back and forth to prison, uh, try to. If you're a strong man, try to help other brothers be strong men. Tell the story to them. Let them know that this has been done to our ancestors as a means of debasing, trolling, the feminizing black male, destroying the head, to destroy the family, to destroy the nation of black people, to for them to view themselves as weak, for them to view their situation as hopeless, for them to do nothing, for them to submit to violence, sexual abuse, and atrocity of other things, for them not to feel good about life, about anything. I want to thank Queen Mother for Real Media for allowing me to host the show. I want to thank all listeners. I want to thank all callers, even though no one called tonight. I still thank everybody who do call, who does call. And I want anybody that's listening to this, please try to change uh Please try to create a change. Do something different. Help someone else do something different. A man is weak. Teach him to be strong. Because we need strong men. We don't need men who are destroyed in the mind. If he's destroyed in the mind, help him be healthy. Don't help destroy his mind. Do not confuse him. Don't hurt him. So, as a matter of fact, you take this in prison or out of prison with people out and in the, in the world so called world don't do that to a person male or female, because women were raped also in, uh during slavery, and that same list of, host of devastating things happens to women also. so I want to thank everybody again. And stay tuned next week for provocative thought.
0: Thank you. You will not be able to stay home, brother. The revolution will not show you pictures of Nixon blowing a bugle and leading a charge by John Mitchell, General Abrams, and Spiro Agnew to eat hog confiscated from the Harlem sanctuary. The revolution will not be televised.